Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we are talking about the sad news of the death of Matthew Perry. Many people are familiar with the name Matthew Perry or Matt Perry because of the wild success of Friends, the the, um, sitcom that ran from uh, 1994 to 2004. And Mm -hmm. I cannot lie. Um, as a high schooler, and I look back on this and I think I should never have been watching that. Um, not at all, not even for a second. Um, but it was something that was a part of my growing up as a teenager. And um, just as I would say, millions upon millions of people in this country uh, watched the TV sitcom uh, Friends. It probably shaped way more of our behavior than should have been shaped. Mm. Uh, but anyway, the point of bringing all of that up, one, is to say that all around the world, people are sort of mourning the loss of this man whom we didn't meet, we didn't know, but he had access into our lives because of the television, right? And so, right. Um, but there's one thing that I thought was really interesting in looking back on some of the interviews he did. He released a book uh, last year and kind of went on like the press junket and talking about that book and doing interviews. It became a number one New York Times bestseller mm. and um, or a New York Times bestseller. And, you know, it was one of those things that talked about his life and the huge struggle that he had with addiction. But there was one thing that he pointed out in the interviews that he was doing that really stood out to me. And honestly, it wasn't so much the addiction, it wasn't so much the stardom, but it was a piece of information that he revealed about his childhood that I thought was really, really important. And this is something that we want to talk about. I think every mom should see this and every mom should think about the implications of what Matthew Perry said as he was was um, promoting his book and just kind of think about the wisdom of God and giving moms a role mm. in our kids' lives. And again, this is not to um, speak ill of Matthew Perry's mom, but this is just to echo something that he said while he was alive and to pull from that um, the sobriety that I think it deserves. So here is Matthew Perry being interviewed in uh, Canada and talking about his book and providing some insight about his childhood and his mom. Listen. Early on in the book, talk about that your mom your mom worked for the prime minister. That's your mom right. worked for Prime Minister Trudeau. Mm-hmm. And that you say that like the, he was the most charismatic man had stolen your mother from you in the daytime. Well, she, she was... You know, Alice and Janney in the West Wing. You know, that's what my mother was for uh, Pierre Trudeau. And she was beginning to become a little bit of a celebrity herself, being seen with him a lot, you know. And I always have this image of this big ballroom, like this room like this, this big ballroom, and my mother walking in and taking all sort of the glory because she was beautiful and people just knew her and... And I was like five feet behind her, and all I wanted was for her to turn around and, you know, f- focus on me and, like, be with, be with me. You took me, and it's, I, I, want, I, I, want, I want your company. I want you to help, help me. I'm a kid, you know? And uh, she never really did that. And what I've realized as an older guy is that I've, I still do that a little bit. What do you mean? It's the... It's the it's, and this is all part of addiction and all that stuff, but I still want the unavailable, the person who's not turning around. I still like want that person to turn around and notice me. And 
that forms, as a guy who doesn't drink or do drugs, that's, some, that's like a little bit of a drug for me when mm. a girl goes, I don't want you. Oh, no, I do want you. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a drug for me because all I wanted was for her to turn around or mention me on the news yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And she, you know, she didn't do anything wrong. She didn't, she was just doing her job. But that's something that, you know, from a young age, it, it hurt me. Mm, but wow. the question is, oh my goodness, there's so much Man. in that. Oh, and, and even as a, as a kid, there is this move that we have to defend our parents. Like we always want right, to right. say and think the absolute best about our parents. And I totally respect that Matt Perry was doing this several months ago. Um, but can I just say when he says she didn't do anything wrong, she was just doing her job. Mm. But at the same time, he says that she didn't really acknowledge me. Like, you know, I wasn't all that important to her. Yeah. Um, those two things are a contradiction, yeah. right? As moms, we have an incredible responsibility that has been entrusted to us by God to nurture our kids and to be there for them in a way that nobody else can. Mm. And one of the things that I heard as I was listening to this interview is I was, I was thinking, whoa, there is pain that goes yeah. down deep when there is a failure on the part of moms, we have a unique role and a unique responsibility. Right. You can sense the pain and he's a grown man right there. And you can hear in his voice as he talks about this, that this was a deep, deeply felt, you know, pain. Uh, and again, like you said, yeah, you, you heard the defense of his mom, you know, she didn't do anything wrong, mm. you know, but at the same time you can hear like, man, this really left a void in me that I felt like I was not noticed that her yeah. work was more important, oh. you know, and who she was, was more important. I was kind of in the background. I just wanted her to turn and look at me or put, man, that's, that's the little kid, Matthew Perry. Speaking. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. That is so profound. That's the little kid, Matthew Perry, who has a deficit, has something that was longing to be filled that his mom could have filled, but she didn't. Mm -hmm. And I, I look at that and, you know, you think about the passing of this man who even just 11 months ago, 12 months ago, he was talking about this void, this mm -hmm. pain that he experienced because the mother that he knew um, almost instinctively should acknowledge him should give him a certain level of attention, that he should be um, more important than whatever setting you're in, more important than whatever people that are seemingly important at the time. Yeah. Um, and yet he didn't get that. And, mm. and I think about where we are today. I mean, and Matthew Perry was 54 years old, right? And right. so you think about where we are even just decades later right. and the draw and the pull of this world. Look, I, I want to say this. Um, this is not to condemn moms who work. I work. Mm -hmm. I I believe that the Lord has called me to do the work that we do as a family. I'm a yeah. part of that. I am an active part of that. Yes. But we refuse to do any work that makes us neglect our family. Amen. We refuse to, I refuse as a mom to do any work that demands that I neglect my kids or to say that they are second or that they don't matter. And in the time that we live in, where there is so much, you know, female empowerment, where there's so much like we can do all the things here, you have Matthew Perry saying, actually, you can't. You, you actually can't do all the things like when you, when you ignore your kids because you want to be successful or when you believe that your job automatically demands of you that you just can't be present, then, you know, you're not doing all the things 
you're not doing all the things. And then, you know, I, I see, and like you say, well, the great, you know, you've got this, um, this boy that right is on this stage. You're yeah. talking about his book, but you've got this boy that's got this deeply rooted pain that's right. and it's a pain because the word of God was not exalted. And mm. you say, well, Miki, that's overly, overly simplistic. Well, but, <laughs> but yeah, because it is right? right. Because we know that even in Titus two, that we are commanded by God. Please understand that the Bible is not a self-help book. It will help you if you apply the principles, but you understand that the commands of God are written in the scriptures. So when we are told to love our husbands and to love our children and to be keepers of our homes, that doesn't mean that we don't work outside of our homes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This That is an American view read into the scriptures, but it means that we give every attention primarily first and foremost to our homes. And if, if there is anything that we believe we are called to do that prioritizes that thing above our home, above our family, above our husband, above our kids, those things must go. And, and why was M Matthew Perry hurt by his mom because of this? Because God is infinitely wise. Mm. Mm. Be because God yeah. has said that moms have an important role. I get so tired of hearing from the moms who are like, well, I'm just a stay at home mom, or right. I am just a mom, or I'm just moms have an incredible impact on the lives of their kids. That's right. And like you said, God is infinitely wise. And so you see a, as a result, you know, of uh, what he was feeling, man, he had, he, it was because she was not being there for him and doing the things that she needed to do. Also, in a like fashion, God is infinitely wise. And you see the outflow of fathers not being yes, there in our community. Very true. You see that too. There's a lack of authority. And you see young people just doing what they want to do and, and, and not having any consequences. And so God is infinitely wise to have parents, mother and father, yes. both have to be present. I, I grieve. I grieve at the thought um, of being a mom and missing the greatest calling that the Lord has made clear and evident. There are so many. Can I just say just for a minute, I, I want to encourage moms. And at the same time that I'm doing this, I do not want to condemn moms who are working in addition to the work that you do inside of your home. Please right. do not hear right. that. Okay. The enemy wants to condemn you. I am not taking part in that. I have no part in that. I've already said, look at what I am doing. Okay. Look at what I have done for the last 15 years, 16 mm -hmm. years, if you will. Yeah. 16 years. Um, look at, look at what I've done. Right. So I am not condemning that, but what I have told moms for the last 16 years, and as long as the Lord enables me to do it, I will say there is not a calling that the Lord has for you that takes precedence over your children. Mm -hmm. Now, there are things that the Lord will call you to do in addition to what you do for your family and what you do inside your home and with your kids. You see that all throughout scripture. We've yeah. got to have a biblical worldview, right. not an Americentric, if you will, mm -hmm. um, worldview. Okay. <laughs> we want to have a biblical worldview. Yeah. And so you can see that the Lord uses women in powerful ways, but not to the neglecting of your family. Not to look, you want to talk about the Proverbs 31 woman was insane. And and we we hold this woman up and we look at what she was doing, but please understand that as she was this amazing real estate agent, as she was this amazing like keeper of her family and 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 garter of all things like you know, <laughs> sacred, okay, yeah. she also loved her husband. And and here's another thing: her husband spoke well of her at the gate. So what does that mean? That means that her success was not an embarrassment to her husband. It was a compliment to what they were doing as a family. Yeah. 
guys, there's so much that we miss because um, we filtered our engagement through the world, right? And the lens that the world holds up for us. Like this is what it is to be a mom or this is what it is to be that power woman, right? Hmm. What, what I'm saying and what I've been saying for a long time is, man, let us go back to the word of God and let us be obedient to God's word. Let us be in relationship with him where he is able to lead and to guide Amen. and to equip and to tell us the things that we need to do. And he is not going to contradict his word, right? So, so if there are things that we're like, well, I'm called to do this, I'm called to, okay, so then you should be able to do that without neglecting your first role, your chief role as a mom. Look, there are certain things, and, and I mean this with all due respect, because I, Lord knows that um, I have a high regard for prayer mm. and, and for relying on the Lord, yeah. right? Which is what prayer says. Prayer says, hey, God, I need you, right? But can I tell you something? There are some things that the Lord makes obvious to you. And the prayer becomes not whether or not you do it, but the means by which. So how do I do this, Lord? I know that you've told me to do this. Lord, now how do I do it? To be a mother, to to bring children into this world is to really, I just got to say, I, it's to have a lifelong job. <laughs> the the way that you execute that will change, but it is to have a job that nobody understands until they get into it. You know, you, you make these comments about families and you make these comments about how people rear their kids. I remember us saying our kids, they weren't going to eat candy. <laughs> yeah, we said that. Right. And then you start to have the kids and you're like, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> Give them a peppermint. You know what I mean? And that's just, that's, that's small. <laughs> right, right, right? right. But man, I just, just if I could come back to this and just say, mm -hmm. you know, the the world is mourning the loss of Matthew Perry. And indeed, all of the things that we know, all the things that we've read over the years, um, we have to assume that the abuse he put his body through uh, by means of drugs and alcohol, we have to assume that that played some role in what may have been an accidental drowning in his tub at home. Like we... We have to assume that some of that played a role in it. But can I tell you that his revelation of that information from his childhood, you just have to also believe that that void, that mm. um, that scar from childhood of um, not being um, good enough, you know, not being important enough, looking or even expecting to be rejected um, by those who would be closest to you or feeling like that is a draw. You heard him say that's a, that was sort of like a, wait, you don't want me, but you want me, but you don't. Oh, okay. I'm drawn to that. Like that, <laughs> that shaped him yeah. as a young man. And, and you add to that, um, the introduction to alcohol at 14 and what eventually became a drug addiction and all of those things contribute to not only, can I say, not only to Matthew Perry, and, and we're talking about him because of his sudden passing at 54, but a lot of the trauma and a lot of the things that people have hidden deep within, that contributes to many people's, I guess, displays, like yeah. what we see coming from them in yeah. the culture today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we see it all, all around and it's increasing. You know, you talk about the opioids and all that kind of stuff, but there's a root to where this stuff comes from. And I bet if you if you go and do some digging, you'll see that there have been a lot of lack 
you know, uh, in the homes mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, parents or just loved ones, uh, abuse or things like that. There's so much sin in the world as yeah. well. And so when that they're always looking for ways to escape into how can I get out of what I'm thinking and things like that. And sadly enough, you know, drugs and alcohol, they provide this escape, mm-hmm. you know, but it, in, in the end, it, it kills, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, and, and I'll say this one other thing, and maybe we can bring in, we've got a couple more clips here in the same interview mm-hmm. where he's talking about drug addiction and he's talking about what he learned about drug addiction. In fact, I think it's so interesting that at the end of this interview, and we're not going to play it, but I just kind of want to jump there um, by way of discussion. He talks about kind of what he wants to be known for, like how he wants to be remembered, mm-hmm. not knowing that just months later he is going to die, you know, but he didn't want to be remembered for friends. And yet that's the lead in like mm-hmm. that's that right. is the thing. Right. He actually wanted to be remembered for helping people. He wanted to be remembered for sort of being honest and open about his struggles and his addiction and finding help and then being able to help other people. I think in some ways that when we do programs like this um, or when we have podcasts like this, I don't know, maybe maybe it does help people because Mm. maybe it does show people that addiction in many ways is demonic. I want to play another clip here. Mm. Um, This is him talking about, um, you know, the way addiction works. And I want you to listen to this. Now, we we can say that this is just a disease um, or we can identify the fact that there is something otherworldly about this. There is something sinister about this. It's not just, quote unquote, just a disease. Okay, listen. I was in a treatment center in a detox ward and I was coming off of many, many, many drugs and I picked up the Alcoholics Anonymous book for the first time in my life. And I read, drinkers think they're drinking to escape, but what they're really doing is trying to get over a disease they don't know they have. It's actually, they say, they're trying to get over a mental disorder they don't know they have. And I went, that's me. I can't believe it. This book was written in 1939, and it's about me. It's about the guy who drove to the liquor store at quarter to two so he could drink alone. It's about all these habits. It's about why my reaction was different than the Murray's when we drank that day when I was 14. We were all 14. Um, It separated me from the normal man. So it was a great day on the one hand. But on the other hand, it meant one day at a time, I have to stop drinking forever. And I thought, well, this is the only way I've ever enjoyed anything in the 20th century. And I have to give it up or, you know, it's going to kill me. So I, I, I gave it up for a long period of time. And we'll talk about this, I'm sure. But, you know, the insanity of having another drink a couple of years later and starting this whole thing all over again. Um, was insane, I was insane, I am insane, but interestingly enough, only in this area. Mm. Like, I'm a pretty logical fellow in every area but this one. Yeah. And I know logistically exactly what's going to happen, and I still do it. Now think of, okay, can, 
the the Bible passage yeah. like jumps out <laughs> at you, right? Like yeah. the things that you don't, don't want to do, do. Those are the things that I do. And the things that I want to do, those are things that I'm not doing. Like, yeah. so if I'm, if I'm doing the things that I don't want Roman to do and not, do, it <laughs> yeah. is sin that lives within me. Mm. Listen, okay. I understand. And I want to be very sensitive here. Like it's, it's one of those things where we don't want to rob people of the medical distinction of describing drug addiction mm. and alcoholism as a disease. And I understand that there may be some predisposition. So I, I want to acknowledge that. Okay. There, there are, you know, chemical things that come into play. I, I understand that. But when we talk about mastery, when we talk about the things that we don't want to do yet, we keep on doing. And, and we got another clip here that you're going to hear. That's exactly the way he describes it. Hmm. It is demonic yeah. in its description. Well, yeah. You know, we, we often describe and, and, this is what we, okay, when we talk about what parents desire in their kids, right, they don't desire first and foremost that they would have a biblical worldview or that they would be robust followers of Christ. This is Barna research here, yeah. right? They want them to be successful in this world. Mm. Even among born-again Christians, they want them to be successful in this world. They want them to be happy, Right. They, they want them to be healthy. Now, all of these things in and of themselves are not bad, but when those are the things that are pursued first and foremost, right? right there's no, there's no guarantee that your kid encounters Christ. Now, why am I bringing that up? Because one of the things that Matthew Perry also says was that, man, he prayed and he asked God to, to make him famous, like let him get this role on friends, like to, to give him sort of the life that we all desire. That, that was his prayer. That was his desire. Right. And now, no, look, I'm not saying that he, that he actually talked to God. <laughs> Right? Because what I know about scripture is that the blessings of God make rich and don't add sorrow. Mm. Right. So he says that he got fame, he got, you know, friends, but then all the other stuff came along with right, it. Right. Right. So I'm going to, I, you know, it would call into question to which God was he praying, <laughs> right? Lowercase G or uppercase. Mm. But here's what I want to say. And I want to be very clear about this. When we present to our kids, something in the world that is better or more worthy of pursuit than God, we set them up for failure. Yeah. Right. And can I tell you that some of this longing that was not fulfilled began in the longing that he had as a child for his mom to think he was important wow. or for, for him to perceive that his mom thought he was important because I don't want to be reckless. I, I, who am I to say that his mom didn't think he was important? Right. What I can say based on what Matthew Perry said is that he didn't feel like he was important. He felt like he was in this huge shadow that his mom cast upon him. Now, one more clip as he is talking about, um, I guess, sort of like wanting us to understand how addiction works. And again, even as you listen, you get this picture of demonic forces at work. Just a brief lesson in alcoholism for you guys that don't know, and addiction, of course. Um, it, it's a disease. That's the first thing I didn't know. In 1956, I think the American Medical Association said it was a disease. And um, it's a two-pronged disease. Two things happen to me and 10 million other people in the United States if 
it's an obsession of your mind. So what that means is you think of a martini. And then slowly but surely, it's the only thing you can think about. You can't think about anything else. I got to get a martini. I, gotta, I know I'm supposed to be over here working, but I got to get another martini. I'm martini, martini, martini. And then once you take that martini, you break the um, membrane of sobriety. And once you do that, the obsession, the obsession is gone, but the allergy of your body, which is the second prong of the disease, takes over and says, oh, now we're drinking. <clears throat> I'm going to make you drink as much as you did last time and more. It's mm. progressive, so I'm going to make you drink more than you did last time. And you can't stop. I could not stop unless I was locked away somewhere. And at times, I would call drug dealers and have drugs brought in to the place I was locked up in because I was desperate and begging for drugs because the only way I had to feel better. And I did not, I mean, it makes you forget too. It's calming, baffling, and powerful. So that thing mm -hmm. that I read in the book, you know, alcoholism, you know, didn't care about that. And alcoholism did not care that I was on Friends. And alcoholism <laughs> did not care about any of that. They just, alcoholism wants you alone it wants you sick, and then it wants to kill you. In the book, I, mm, I, say, I compare me, it to let, the Joker. Let me just stop it there wow. for a second. It wants to kill you. It wants you alone and wants you sick. It wants to kill you, right? And, and then you're going to hear in just a second here, he's going to kind of personify this addiction as the Joker, which I think is worth listening to. But isn't it interesting that he describes this addiction, this strong pull as something that you fixate on it. And as long as you're resisting, you just keep fixating on it. But the minute you give in, it never says enough. Wow. Yeah. It never says, okay, now you're satiated. Now you're satisfied. Right. Now your thirst is quenched. It's just more and more and more. And isn't it interesting that the word of God teaches us that if we resist the devil, he flees. Yeah right? The Bible teaches us that there is no temptation except that which is common to man, but God is faithful that he will provide a way of escape. But mm. how do you live and navigate this life when you don't have that hope and you don't have that assurance? You can't. You really absolutely cannot. And so as everybody's kind of trying to make sense of this and so many people, look, we're not, we're not the only ones who will, you know, point to the years of abuse of his body, the drug addiction and all of these things. All of this is very important. But what is also important is to make sure that we say, man, you know, there is a hope that we have in Christ. Amen. There is a hope that we have that we are not bound by the systems of this world. He talks about his mind in this clip. Well, what does God's word tell us? Man. God's word tells us to no longer be conformed to the patterns of this world. That's right. But to be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Mm. Like you think about this. So we have an opportunity to offer people real hope. We have an opportunity to offer our children real hope. Right. And yet what we find ourselves doing, even as Christians, and I can't understand this, but even as Christians, rather than offer our, our coworkers, our friends, our very children, real hope, we just keep repackaging for them the same thing that the world offers. Wow. And it's like, it's like a sham of a comparison. Cause it's like, well, let me give you a Christianized kind of cleaned up version of your best life now. Why? Hmm. 
I don't want my best life now. This life is on the path to destruction. The wrath of God is on me apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want my best life now. Mm. I want eternity with the one who made me. Teach me how to be saved. Show me the way to God. Show me how to be free from addiction, how to be free from the control of sin. Things making me do things that I don't want to do. (laughs) Show me how to break free. It's only through Jesus Christ. There's no way you can live a life and not be mastered by things if you don't know Christ. But in Christ, you have the the, uh, ability through him to not be mastered by anything. Come on. Now, as Christians, sometimes we fall into that and we still stumble and all of that. But man, we're not slaves to fear, slaves to sin. Those things have been broken. And so now there's no mastery of, of sin over our, our lives. When we live back in that old nature, we we put back, that stuff back on. Yes. You know, but through Christ, we have been uh, freed, you know, and if Christ has set us free, we are free indeed. And so those things, man, he's. if, 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 you, if you're not in Christ, there's no way you can avoid being mastered. Come on. But in Christ, we have the power from the Holy Spirit to break off those chains, those things that used to master us. Now we have the ability to, to, to win and to fight and to break free through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let me just wrap up. I want to finish up this clip here from uh, Matthew Perry as he talks about drug addiction and he describes it as the Joker. Listen. Because the Joker just wants to see the whole world burn. And so does alcoholism. Listen, um, maybe you can just call that alcoholism, (laughs) but uh, biblically speaking, that's demonic. That's Satan. (laughs) The devil. Man, that's that. That is the terrorist of our souls. That that's the one who has no love for us. That will chew us up and spit us out. That will offer us the world and then require our souls for it. This, these are look. These are the ways that he tried to tempt the Savior, right? And he was combated by the Word of God, by the Word of God. So you think about everything that's in the world, right? The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. These are the things that are in the world. But all of these things, the love of these things, mm. the love of the world, all these things are passing away. These yeah. things are. We have got to offer people real hope when we see Amen. their pain, like when they're posting on their Instagram, when they've got the reels coming out, and and they appear to be living their best life. They are partying their way into destruction. That is still true. I know the '90s called and and it wants its <laughs> outreach back, right? But it's still true. It's still true that people are passing away every single day and they don't know who Jesus is. That that is still true. So what are we going to do? Are we going to compete with them? But, like you know, with a Christian angle, like, are we going to get our social, you know, social feeds going to where we show that Jesus lights it up, you know, in holiness. Right. Like it's but it's holy and, you know, or or. Are we going to live distinct lives where we tell the unapologetic truth about who Jesus is, that there is a day appointed where those who are in Christ will be caught up to be with him forever. And then the Lord is coming back to this earth and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. That's not a popular conversation. That's not a popular conversation, but it's a biblical one. And while everybody's chasing for all that this world has to offer and we neglect truth, right? Like we are not doing them a service. We are doing them a great disservice. So here's the encouragement, right? This is the culture proofing that is required in this moment. Moms, love your children. Mm. Um, Do not worship your children. They are not an idol, right? right? Like you you must steward them, moms and dads. But Matt Perry was talking about his mom here, 
Okay. So we must steward our children, but man, that is an important role and it has far reaching implications when we fail to do it well. Yeah. The Lord will lead you if you ask him. All right, that's it. Look, we just want to encourage you. When you resist the cultural trends that rival the truth, you remain culture proof. And that's what we're after. We want to be culture proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless.